It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. There is a timeout on the field with the score. Listen to this. We are not drunk. This is accurate. The Eagles 34, the Cowboys 3. What is going on, Leading Green Nation? That does not do justice to the man who usually does that introduction, but it is I, Brandon Lee Gowton, the man with three names. Some call me the silent assassin. Some people refer to me as that possibly because I have three names, and you have a bunch of people who have three names who are actually assassins, such as John Wilkes Booth and a bunch of other people that I'm not thinking of right now. So with me, who can probably remind me of some of that stuff, is James Seltzer. The great, I just said James Seltzer. James Seltzer of BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94, WIP, Midday Producer, and a man of many other talents and hats. James, how are you doing? 
John or BLG or wait nice. guys start with John there. See, that's how good that yeah. open was. BLG taking the reins and doing the intro even better than Bartard. Come at me, Bartard. How about that Lee Harvey Oswald? BLG. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Ding. Yeah, they're a bunch. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I know the guy who killed MLK was a three name guy. It was like, um, yeah, James Earl Ray. I think Re- I really say. strong start to the podcast when we're talking yeah. about uh, talking you know, about murders. A, yeah, this is what we do here. Uh, but look, uh, BLG, very excited to sit back and let you steer me on a journey for episode 310 of BGN Radio. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, this thing could go off the rails with me hosting. It could go. Some might say it already is. Oh, well, yeah, it's true. Uh, a lot of you probably already turned it off. But if you haven't, I thank you. And I would ask you that, you know, if you like BGN Radio at all, even if you don't like us, which I don't know why you're listening to this, if you are, but if that's the case for some reason. Hate listening, BLG. Some people listening. do that, man. Some people, I swear, they hate following me on Twitter. So it happens. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you experience that, too, on the radio. Even you get these people who call in and want to tell you how bad of a job you're doing. But if you want to tell us how good of a job we're doing, please go to BGN Radio on iTunes where you can leave us a five-star review. We currently have 796 ratings, so we're you know, we're on that March 2000, and then we're at 372 reviews. So make sure you get us to a thousand in both of those categories. We have a good review, James, that I wanted to read. This is actually uh, a pretty lengthy one that I am trying to find now. It was a it was a very well thought out review. Um, was this uh, was this where I was declared the uh, the number one something? Oh, that's a whole different topic. The, the, uh, don't even for, get well, me started. While you're on that. finding that review, for those who don't know, uh, the great and wise Chuddy uh, declared me the top BLGer, which is insane. So somehow, I am a better BLGer than BLG, and I'm I'm honored. Really, yeah. yeah this the, is... Somehow, you were the the, the last. <laughs> I was BLG-er. fifth. Even... How am I fifth on? Like, look, if you want to rank BGN radio members, and I'm fifth or whatever, or if I'm last, that's fine. I'm not good at talking. I'm not even that great at writing, but. I am the number. Well, I'm the number two BLG. I'm not the number one BLG. That's Brandon Lee Graham, who forced the fumble, obviously, in the Super Bowl. But come on, I am not. And I'm, James, I love you, and I love you guys. But you are not better BLGs than me. Come on. Yeah, I I, I concede the point. All right, so I concede it. So I'm be- not a better BLG. I try every day <laughs> to be a better BLG than you, and I am not. Not many are, but. Uh, before we get into some Eagles talk, I wanted to get into this review because I thought it was a pretty funny review. Uh, five stars, titled My Love for BGN, and this is from That Boy Driz. It's a five-star review. Once again, I came across BGN last offseason, and right from the very beginning of my first, what's going on, I became an immediate fan of the podcast as well as John. Uh, episode, I think it's like 280, so he's kind of a new listener. That's cool. Um, the Jay Ajayi signing opening will forever be one of my favorite moments. James is just so funny, and I believe oh. there is nothing he can't say that won't just make you either smile or laugh, which is very true, James. BLG, oh, far too kind, quote unquote, the silent assassin. I read yes. every article that you post on Bleeding Green Twitter. Your articles are informative, easy to read, and I can always tell that I'm reading the work of a fellow diseased Eagles fan. My only complaint. Concern. 
all caps here. Jack uh, gets some more counterpoints on the air. If I were oh. to make my own podcast, it would be exactly how Jack Fritz runs Counterpoint. Kiss and Solak wow. show is great, and the BGN episodes are always fun, but Counterpoint is always a good time. Jack says the most outlandish things, and yet I always tend to agree with him because he's right. Crying, laughing face emoji. For my fellow fans out there, please listen to BGN Radio. There's no better source for Eagles content as well. There is no better place for fans to come together and speak about the team we love. What a review from that boy, oh Drew. Very Driz, nice. Honestly, you're way too kind. You almost. Here's the thing. If if Driz hadn't been so nice about me, I would think it was Jack yeah, in a fake name. Exactly. But, but Jack would never be that kind about me. So, uh, Driz, that is really, really far too kind. And uh, and look, Jack Fritz is. Uh, you have made his 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 year potentially. He will be so happy to hear his. He liked BLG. If 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 you want to make BLG and or Jack Fritz happy, write reviews and give us the reviews. It really means a lot to those guys, and and thus it means a lot to me. Well, at least because of BLG. See what I did there. And if you leave a really good review like that, I'll read it on there. So there we go. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's a little. Why not? You know. Or if you, you know. Rip me. That's fine. We'll read it on the air too. We're equal opportunity readers on the air, but I do think the uh, the kind words certainly uh, uh, go a long way. All right. So now that we are fifty minutes of the podcast and we have not talked about the Eagles really once, let's do that a little bit. Just a tiny bit of Eagles talk. You know, as you said before the show, James, like five minutes of Eagles talk and then forty five minutes of Survivor. Um, yeah, I'm here for the Survivor talk. Yeah, you, <laughs> you talk Eagles. But for real, I mean, the draft is two weeks away, James, as we're it's recording crazy. today. And that's insane. That is insane to me. I almost thought it started on uh, Friday the 27th just because it felt too – like it's, I was like, wait, uh, 26th? That feels too soon. But no, it is indeed right upon us here. And it feels like we haven't even – to me, I feel like we haven't done an awesome job of even covering this thing because it's kind of just snuck up on us. And obviously the Super Bowl run kind of just really – was a very different thing to be experiencing with this team. So the big question is, obviously, what do the Eagles do at 32? And I also think, you know, we're allowed to voice our opinions here, obviously. What should the Eagles do at number 32? James, I'm going to open it up to you first. Obviously, they have more picks than just 32. They have six in total. But first-round pick, what should they do with it? Trading down, taking someone what should they do, and then what will they do? Because I think those are two interesting conversations to have. Okay. I will lead with what should they do, but first, to your point, it is really crazy. It is crazy how little we've paid attention to the draft, how little we've cared about the draft, how how much it meant last year is in our city, and Brandon, you know, I mean, we were dead after covering that thing because we put every ounce of energy and soul and heart that we had into trying to cover that thing as best as we could. And this year, it's like you said, it's such a, a secondary type of thing, and with good reason. So, and and for for that boy Driz, this one's for you. You want another Counterpoint episode? I know for a fact that one is coming, and there may be some draft interesting type of stuff about the concept of people not being cared about the draft. That's what they call a tease, BLG. So, um, some more Counterpoint 
uh, for you, Driz, coming. But BLG, what I think the Eagles should do, and again, this is something where, you know, we like to have fun before the draft and all that, but you really can't know what they should do until at best there are a few picks out because you don't know how the board's going to shake out. You don't know which guys are going to be available, which aren't. But, you know, in a perfect world, I, I do think that while it is the least sexy, exciting thing in the world, I really would be happy with them trading back if they can get a legitimate package, something that you know can really restock some of the the lost draft capital that they have this year. And you know, if I can get you know a, a couple of seconds or a, you know a second and a third or whatever. Yeah, I want to like, interrupt you right there, James, because we uh, Dave Mangles did a post on BleedingGreenNation.com about what teams get when they're usually trading down from the Eagles' range. So that would most likely look like a like a, a second and an earliest fourth round pick. Like historically, that's kind of the price for what that move up is. So does that okay, move the needle? So, for, so for that means right Howie Roseman will get a second, a first, <laughs> the next year, a fourth. And, um, no, but look, like you know, again, it it all depends on the package. And if there is an attractive enough package, I would be happy with them restocking the draft capital but look if the board shakes out and i know we're going to get into to kind of particular players with a couple of these things but i've said this before and i've said this again when you look at this team and the needs that they have and we've talked about it you know there's nothing obviously other than some you know more secondary type of stuff and i guess pun in, no intended there but you know third safety uh slot corner you know third tight end that kind of stuff second tight end blocking tight end whatever you want to call it like the needs are so sparse if they come out of that 30 second pick with a guy who's going to be the bell cow running back compliment to Corey clement for the next three four years and they're going to get an a uh, potentially elite guy in a class with a lot of guys who really could be awesome uh I would not be upset with that BLG. So that would be where I would go on the, what I, I, I hope slash they should do. And I guess I should jump in now with mine for what uh, they should do. And to me, it's a really easy answer in terms of like what the ideal is. And that's getting an offensive tackle. Like if there is an offensive tackle that makes sense at 32, to me, that is pretty much the best pick they can make because I'd be happy with that too. For what it, it's such an obvious long-term need and short-term need because you need to start thinking about life after Jason Peters. And look, maybe Big V is that guy. I will admit that that's possible, but it's not a guarantee. And even if he is the guy, then who is your backup tackle at that point? Like having that third string swing tackle, that's really important for this team that really values offensive linemen and really, you know, we always talk about it. Lane Johnson only one suspension away from missing two years. So you need to be in there. Uh, you need to have that guy in there to, to really just, you know, if something if something goes wrong, if Big P doesn't turn out, if Lane Johnson, God forbid, you know, gets suspended for two years, which would pretty much be like the end of his career, it'd be awful, uh, or whatever happens to Jason Peters, getting him off of the tackle would be great. Now, I think the problem with that is you're looking at the board there, and Connor Williams might be gone at that point, and Mike McGlinchey, could easily be gone by that point. So you're I don't like I don't know if the best value guy is going to be there. And I think that's kind of the problem with should at that point. But um for me, I think there is real juice to this Eagles being interested in Darius Geist thing. And now obviously 
I mean, I just, I didn't mean to say juice and geis, even though those words look similar, but I did, and I don't regret it at all. I think it was very fitting. No, his so, name is now Juice Geis. Oh, I wish it was. I wish I wish his last name was Juice. That would be so much yeah. better. I think that would move I mean, him up look, my board. We opened the podcast talking about all these killers, and now we're talking about OJ. So, you know, <laughs> oh, a, really, really, what a dark episode. It's going to delete this right now. Um. Yeah, so you have Darius Geis here, and the Eagles are showing a, a lot of interest in this guy. It really reminds me of the Dalvin Cook stuff from last year. And hold on to that thought for a second because I'm going to bring that back up. Let's look at what they're doing with Darius Geis. This is a guy who they are meeting with. They're flying down to Louisiana to meet Darius Geis at LSU. They are then working him out in addition to that private meeting. And then they're bringing him to Philadelphia, which you already know about, for a pre-draft visit. Uh, Tony Pauline has said that Deuce Staley is, quote-unquote, a big supporter of Geis. NDT Scouting's John Ledyard told BTN Radio's Michael Kist and Benjamin Solak show that Howie Roseman has a first-round grade on Darius Geis. Also said that uh, the Eagles are not expected or Harry Roseman doesn't expect him to be there at 32, and that's a, the case with a lot of people. But you look at Mel Kuyper's mock draft this week, you look at some other mock situations, and Geis is in that range. Like It's not out of the question that he could fall to number 32. James, I know you wanted to almost sell the farm just to get Leonard Fournette last year. So how do you feel about mm-hmm. this LSU running back, Darius Geis? Well, look, he's. I, I don't think he's Leonard Fournette, but... I would be very in. Look, I you just you, you bring this on me right after I say, give me a running back for the next three, four years. And Geis is awesome. He's really talented. And I think he could be there. You're right, PLG. A lot of the early mocks had him going higher. But, I mean, you look at the amount of talent there is at the running back position. Obviously, Saquon Barkley at the top. But, I mean, Nick Chubb is really good. Sony Michelle is really good. I mean, there are a lot of guys who could go in that late first round. And then, at the same time, we've also seen, you know, last year, a guy like Dalvin Cook falling. We saw Alvin Kamara go in the third round, the best offensive rookie in football last year, go in the third round last year. So the running back position still hasn't been valued, I think, risen in value commensurate to the talent that has come out. So I, I look, if they take guys at 32, I'll be very happy about it. I also I, I, I think if they trade back, there could be a running back there as well. But um, I would be very happy with that, BLJ. Yeah, I think something to keep in mind here, again, with that Dalvin Cook thing that I kind of was just talking about, is that the Eagles had a lot of interest in him. And it was not BS interest. Like, you don't put all that homework into a guy like that for a smokescreen. You just don't. I mean, they wanted Dalvin Cook. They were reportedly were willing to trade up for him. Obviously, not enough to actually do it. But it was something that they reportedly considered. And they wanted to move up to at least out of where the Vikings had jumped to uh, at number 41, where he was drafted ultimately, I I believe. So when you're talking about, like, would the Eagles actually take a running back in the first, and is the value worth it there? I mean, come on. It's 32. Like, it's it's not even – it's like it's the very end of the first round. I I think – I think that's a point where they're, they feel comfortable taking a running back. Like, again, if this was at 14 like it was last year, I would feel a lot more iffy. But you're at 32. That's only, again, uh, nine spots of a difference where Dalvin Cook was drafted last year. And I think the Eagles would have done that. So I think Geis is definitely in play at number 32. Not just what they should do, James, but what they will do. James, do you have 
Any other thoughts on what the Eagles will do at number 32? And then really getting into your, the rest of the draft. Yeah, I um, like you said, I, I think there's a real possibility that, look, you know, we hear a lot about pre-draft workouts and visits and all that, and, and, and some of it's smoke, and, and obviously there's a little fire in there, but I, I do think they like guys, and I do think that they want a running back. Like, I, I, I believed the Cook stuff last year. Like you said, that was real. I believe the McCaffrey stuff, that seemed real too, that if he had gotten there at 14, which obviously he didn't and all that. Yeah, thank God. I, Derek Barnett. Yes, please. Uh, but I, I I think that they want a running back. I think that's a position that, that they want to get a, a real difference maker at it. And, and they have a Jai, and I think they clearly know a Jai is not long for this team after this season. So I'm with you 100%. I could see them going that way. But again, also to what I mentioned before, I I really... I really could see the Eagles trading back. It just, it feels like such a, and and again, this is all dependent on who's on the board and what kind of offers they have and what, where, how far they'd be going back. And if they can still get guys they like and all that type of stuff. But it just seems like if there's value to be had, Howie Roseman is going to find it. And I feel like depending on how the board shakes out, there could be value to be had in a trade, and I think there's a real chance that's what they will do as well. Can you imagine what that experience is going to be like this year? Oh, waiting up all <laughs> night for it. Just, oh. just wait until – I mean, by the time they pick at number 32 or whoever picks there, it's going to be like 11.30, midnight or something. It's going to be late. Brutal. And they're just going to be like, oh, well, the Eagles aren't picking now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be brutal. But at the same time, like – They'll still have to say it. The the world champion Eagles have traded the big, and then we won't have to hear Roger Goodell announce our first pick, which would be cool too. Look so. at you, looking on the bright side. See, see, BLG, they can't take this away from us. We're the Super Bowl champs. Yeah, and I think honestly, if if trading down from number thirty two is what gets us Eric Allen, who promised to that, yeah, he said I, I Drew see you, Pearson. Drew Pearson. Or even, I, I, I really think Brian Dawkins on stage doing that. Or even, uh, oh my God, I this will. is a great idea by Jack. I mean, Jason Kelsey just showing up to the draft and being oh, like. Oh, man. Yo. And then and just, oh my gosh, going into that, that would be amazing. So I definitely. So many great ideas. And that usually happens on like day two, I think. It's usually, yeah. that's what happened with usually the Pearson. second round. Yeah. yeah. So we need, was the second round. We so. need that second round pick. Now that yes. I've actually said this out loud, I think I'm more convinced the Eagles need to trade down. Yes. Unless there is like a Geist at 32, you know, a no-brainer, obviously. Like, I really just I'm like run to the podium guy. So now that we have that figured out, uh, that is great. And th- trading down is something that Daniel Jeremiah had mentioned in his little uh, press conference thing with the media this week. And I think, you know, it's always interesting to hear what DJ has to say because this is a guy with kind of like really uniquely qualified to give insight on the Eagles here. I mean, this is the dude who mm-hmm. was a former Eagle scout who worked with Howie Roseman. And then, by the way, Howie Roseman wanted to hire Daniel Jeremiah to be the, the guy that is the, the role that's currently occupied by Joe Douglas. And again, Joe Douglas, uh, another guy that Jeremiah worked with when he was at the Ravens. Yeah, the so, Ravens, exactly. So he really has like an insight to this. And he was the guy who, you know, last year tipped us off on the Jordan Matthews is not going to be yep. the thought of the receiver. It's going to be Nelson Aguilar. So Daniel Jeremiah, I'm not saying he knows the Eagles' exact draft plans, but he has an idea no, of where 
Yeah, these minds are out. Go it's ahead, James. It's a great point. No, it's a great point, BLG, just that just as a macro point on that, just the concept of knowing how to sort through the mess out there and know certain guys who have connections to certain organizations who seem to be right about certain things. I think that's a terrific point. Jeremiah is one of those guys where when he says stuff like that, that sounds very pointed and very specific about the Eagles and is not macro about a player he likes or whatever, I really take notice of that stuff. I think it's a great point, BLJ. So Daniel Jeremiah thinks the Eagles are going to go offense early. That's that's his feel. Um, he got into some of the tight end talks, some of the running back talk. Uh, he even said wide receiver, or he did not rule out offensive tackle as well. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. He, and he also did mention trading down. Uh, so... James, how do you feel about some of those positions, just as a whole, as a macro level kind of thing in the first round? I think, you know, we just talked about running back, so not so much that. But when you're looking at, like, tight end or wide receiver and you're looking at what the Eagles currently have at their roster, I mean, it's not all about, you know, the draft obviously all isn't about just the 2018 season. You can't just think of it that way. But it's an, it's a factor. To me, when it comes to tight end, for example, I want to bring this up is that I just kind of don't see a ton of sense in it because I think the playing time doesn't really justify uh, what that, like, if you're picking, let's say, you know, Dallas Goddard at number 32, like, how often are you really playing him? Because you still have Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz isn't going anywhere for a long time. He's signed for a while, and he's a young player. And are you suddenly just going to use, like, a abnormal amount of two tight end sets. And if you are, I always say, which wide receiver at that point are you taking off the field? Are you taking off Alshon or Mike Wallace or Nelson Negler? I kind of just don't see the sense in it a ton, unless it's just like, you know, obviously, you know, if, if something, someone is there and he's like Gronk, and I'm not saying just like that profile, but that kind of a player, I mean, you take him. That's a no-brainer. But just from the, the view of like, does really that make sense? Or even kind of wide receiver when you think about that, you know, uh, the, you're not going to probably get that immediate impact guy. But then again, Mike Wallace is on a, a one-year contract, and and maybe, you know, you, you're, you don't know what you have in Matt Collins, who is definitely a future Hall of Famer, of course, but besides that, for sure. So how do you feel about those positions? How do you feel about uh, that direction, going that direction in the first round? Look, I think the interesting thing is you talk it out, and, and we mentioned before I mentioned slot corner is a position of need. I know you've talked about that a fair amount. And, of course, you know third safety is a position of need. They need depth at spots. But I think that's kind of the beauty of where they're at right now. And obviously you want more picks, and if trading back's the way to get them, whatever. But um, I think when you're looking at this draft for once, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but you know BPA always comes off as like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, BPA, but, like, not if it's a guy you you really don't need, right? You know, it's all, like, yeah, not kind of BPA, right? You know, like, but I think in this case, when you look at it, you know, other than, like, a quarterback at 32, I think that they really are uniquely positioned to really take advantage of the best player on their board at that time, obviously, if they don't have a better offer to trade back. And really throughout the draft, like, you know, they need depth at spots, like you talked about. Like, they, they need to start drafting some more offensive linemen as, as you know, 
Big V has been great considering where they drafted him. Samalo, not as much, but like you said, you know, there's there there Johnson's a suspension away. Peters is old. Um, you know, who knows how long you will get from from Kelsey. He's not the biggest guy. You know, you just have to start thinking about the future of this O line with Carson Wentz, obviously planning to be here for a long time and, and you want to protect him. So I think that's that's really important. But I really do think BLG, I think for once they're uniquely positioned to read their board and, and try and make the best value decisions they can without feeling forced into we have to get a guy at a particular position. Yeah, I mean, I generally agree with that. I think, um, if, again, if there's a guy who's head and shoulders above some of these other, like, and it's a tight end or whoever, then, yeah, take him. Just take him. That's great. Uh, I would love to get Maurice Hurst, for example. I mean, that's a guy who the Eagles don't need in, in terms of they already have a lot of guys who can play defensive tackle, not just the defensive tackles, but you think about Michael Bennett and Brandon Graham rushing on the interior as well. But, I mean, if he's there and he's going to make this, if there's this potential big impact, I mean, that's, that's definitely the chance to get him. I'm not of the belief that the Eagles kind of have to get Someone, at, you know, I think people are going to be talking about trying to maximize the Super Bowl window, and I'm obviously all for that. But at the same time, I'm not trying to take someone who just is going to be able to make that short-term impact if, you know, you can get someone who can make a really nice long-term impact. So, Absolutely. So that's where my head is at when it comes to that stuff. Um, we, we kind of touched on the offensive line already, but uh, I just wanted to mention that Connor Williams reportedly has a pre-draft visit with the Eagles. That's from at NFL Draft Insider on Twitter. That's a little interesting. You know, a guy who could potentially fall to 32, I would personally be a little surprised with that, but I think that's a, a guy who would be ideal for the Eagles because you look at him as, okay, uh, hopefully he can play offensive tackle. If not, maybe he can shift into guard in the future. That's There's some thought that could be the case because you look at his uh, measurements. He's very athletic, but he's not the. He doesn't have the ideal size, and his arms are like in the ninth percentile. So they're not exactly the longest arms. Another offensive tackle, uh, recently connected to the Eagles. Not necessarily. I don't think I've seen anything about him having a pre-draft visit, at least not yet. But Orlando Brown, James. Orlando Brown, who is a a target of our good friend Trey Thomas, who loves to just uh, bash on that guy for running slower than Roger Goodell. Um, and one NFL scout thinks the Eagles might take Orlando Brown in the first round. Uh, this was a scout talking to Jason LaConfora of CBS Sports, and he said that if I was doing a mock draft today, I would be tempted to slot him 32nd to the Eagles. And the whole basis of this column about Orlando Brown was that, you know, a lot of people think he's not going to be a first-round pick because he had the disastrous combine, and it was a disaster. It's not even like he had a bad combine. I mean, you look at his mock draftable spider chart, and he literally was historically awful. But uh, there's a, there's a lot of people who also argue that his game tape, you know, is it's much more impressive than what the testing would be. So you're looking like a guy. You're looking at a guy like that, James. How do you factor that in? Like, what are your feelings on Orlando Brown? Yeah, I'd be surprised if they took him. And it's not. Look, I think. Um, I think they showed last year that with a guy like Derek Barnett that they're looking past just just the measurables. Yes. Um, so, I, you know, it, it, I get that in that sense, but I still think that, that they have thresholds and Brown's going to be below them. I'd be really surprised. I mean, especially here's the thing. 
Barnett being a different case because it's a defensive end. I mean, you look at this offensive line and how it's built and how they like to play. Like, it is by far the most athletic line in the NFL. Guys who can get to the second level. Guys who are crazy athletic. Like, you know, I mean, you want to talk about combine scores. I mean, Lane Johnson, one of the best combine performances in a decade probably. You know, Jason Kelsey, one of the best combine performances for a center ever you know like i think he's still he's like i can't remember what like one of the shuttle cone drills maybe i think he has like the still holds the, the yeah, mark for it it's up there like he, it's up there like so i think that i mean brandon brooks deceiving at his size how athletic that dude is obviously jason peters when he was healthy this is an offensive line that's built around athleticism and obviously we're talking about replacing these guys down the road with these types of picks but I would still think that there's at least some level of athleticism that they would want for how they run this offense. And getting into a little bit, wrapping up some of the draft stuff here that I didn't get to already is that uh, you see them bringing in a couple safeties for some pre-draft visits. You look at a Jeremy Reeves, who is an interesting target for the Eagles, potentially uh, in a day three range there, or a guy who kind of projects as, uh, some of the versatility that Malcolm Jenkins has, or even you're looking at a guy like Ronnie Harrison, who's more of that strong safety, physical guy. They're bringing him in for a visit. Todd McShay also had uh, the Eagles selecting him in his latest mock draft. So you're seeing some of those connections and getting back to you know some of that, what the Eagles should do versus what you think they will do in this draft. I mean, safety is a position that uh, I think a lot of people have labeled it as a sneaky need now. So it's probably not that sneaky if we're all talking about it. But it's a, it's a position they certainly, I believe, will address in this class just because Malcolm, just because here's the, like, look at it this way. If Malcolm Jenkins or Ronnie McLeod got hurt, who is starting at safety today? Like, who is it? Is it Chris Maragos? Like, you, we, we, we know that isn't good, like, if that's happening. And Chris, I love you. I know you're a big-time listener. But yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're best on special teams. And I love Trey Sullivan. What I saw out of him last summer, not only in the preseason games where – he almost ended a dude's life. I didn't. I did not like seeing that guy hurt for sure on the Packers, the rookie. Um, but I, I love seeing that big hitting ability. I liked his his coverage skills, what I saw in practices. But I mean, come on, I'm not counting Trey Sullivan as a sure thing just yet. I mean, it's he he still yeah. has a, a lot to prove. So it's a big need. There's no question. Yeah. So safety is a big one. I think tight end. You're looking. They, I think they definitely. I think they could draft two tight ends. Honestly, I, it's it's such a position where. Um, they, I think they could load up a little bit on, you got to get that blocking type guy at some point. I feel like, you know, I don't think Richard Rogers is that guy. I want to call out John, by the way, I want to call out John Barchard who bailed on this podcast. Um, and I want to say that totally bailed on us. He was like the three of us when we were doing the Richard Rogers thing last week, I was pointing out that he was a bad blocker and John's like, actually, I think he's a good blocker. And I was like, I didn't get a chance to rebut there, but I was like, no, he's not. I was like, I was yeah, looking he's at, not his, a good he's not a good blocker. And I was looking at his, uh, like just from what Packers fans were even saying. And they're like, no, he's not good. I mean, you know, he's a body, like he's maybe not the worst blocker ever, but he's, he's definitely not good at it. So, um, wow. so yeah, screw you, John. Shots uh, fired. I love you, buddy, but screw you. So, um, Shots fired. <laughs> So I think definitely, again, tight end and position they're looking at at least one. Uh, we mentioned safety. I think slot corner is being underrated, James. I really do. I, I think know. People, you said that to me on WIP last week, and, and you, it's you true. were you know, 
Yeah, I agree with you. Because here's why. Well, I think because there are so many corners on this team. Oh, exactly. But that doesn't mean like the guy is here, you're right? I mean, just because they right. have like all exactly. these guys, exactly but some people right. are treating it that way. They're like Jalen Mills. You just throw him in there, and that's fine. I don't know that that's just fine. And here's what I keep coming back to: the Eagles are telling you it's not fine because if they loved Jalen Mills in the spot, and I think honestly. Here's how I feel about that. I think they are okay with it. I think they think he's passable. I think they think he might work out. And guess what? Jalen Mills might work out. I'm not trying to even doubt the guy personally. I just think you look at the fact that they tried to resign Patrick Robinson. They're showing a ton of interest in these slot corner types. And not even just slot corner, but like some safeties who can play the slot as well. Like they're showing a lot of interest in this kind of position, especially these guys who can play the slot and return like your Jair Alexander or your Mike Hughes or even your later round uh, guys, as I reported, Traymon Smith from Central Arkansas. So like these kind of guys, I mean, you don't just show all those interests in those guys for nothing, right? I mean, I feel like the slot is being under-addressed. And really, I mean, it's not a conventional starting position. You're not going to see it necessarily. Oh, in it's the, a starting position. It, oh, in, the, in like the Sunday night football intros, you know what I mean? But like, no, I know what you mean. But Patrick I'm Robinson with you. played sixty nine percent of the snaps. It, it is exact. Nice. It really is a, a, a starting position now, in the way the yeah. NFL plays now. Yeah, so I think that's definitely a position they will address at some point in this draft. I mean, it kind of sucks. I get it that like the Eagles have all these corners, and there just isn't one ideal slot guy but i mean look if that's the case too bad i mean they just get the guy like get the guy in there i think some people might think a rookie slot corner can't contribute right away i kind of disagree with that i think they could get someone depending where they get him and bring him in here and you know you're not asking him to play the full starter snaps i mean i I know we just said a slot guy kind of is a starter but you're not asking them to play like a hundred percent of the snaps you know like you would be some of your outside guys he is going to play a little bit less and maybe even rotate him with Jalen Mills you know and kind of try to figure that position out somehow yeah Yeah, so so I just don't want to put all my eggs in the Jalen Mills basket and again that's not that's not because like I hate Jalen Mills or something it's just that I kind of think this is a, a position where they should hedge their bet all right, so getting off some of the draft stuff and into the, the biggest news, quite frankly, of the week, besides that boy Drizzt's iTunes review, of course, is the preseason schedule is here, James. Are you fired Yay! up for the preseason uh, football? Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> but it is a fun schedule. If, if, if a preseason schedule could be fun, it's a fun schedule. Yes. Uh, it's So so here we have it here, uh, kind of just resetting this. It is the Steelers at home. And I can't believe we're talking about this, but trust me, folks, we are. So preseason schedule. Very quickly. We're talking about this very quickly. (laughs) Well, Steelers week one. Then you have Patriots Super Bowl rematch in week two, which I love, by the way. I mean, well, that's the fun part. I dig on that. Everyone should go up to Foxborough because that's where it's going to be. And maybe they'll even have joint training camp practices. We don't know yet, but I think that's a possibility, something to keep in mind. I mean, Doug should be wearing his Super Bowl gear. I hope everyone just wears their rings. They should have the ring ceremony at that game, oh, even though it's yeah. in a way. <laughs> I just, just I really it. need them to rub it in. Yeah, we all do. That, uh, that's the whole – uh, that's amazing. So, so very down for this. It's fantastic. Uh, the real NFL schedule should be coming out soon. By the way. It's probably this week, by the way, so that's something to keep an eye out for. We already know what the Eagles are playing. You can look at all that. Um, bleedinggreennation.com. It's just about the dates and the times and all of that. So another 
the quick thing in the preseason schedule, they're playing the Browns in week three, the dress rehearsal game in Cleveland, which, I mean, again, it's preseason, but that's at least a little bit, there's a tiny bit of juice maybe for me with that, just because is Carson going to be ready for that? I mean, how awesome is that? If it, it's uh, true, by the way, Carson. Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold. That oh, baby. Amazing. Well, just Carson being there and just. No, I know. And I then know. going up to Jim Jimmy Haslam and whoever there and just being like, hey, do you know that you guys are 1 and 31 since you passed on me? Isn't that, isn't that a fun <laughs> fact? I just think, I think that, I mean, that's so obviously not Carson Wentz, but no. I would just love to imagine that. So, and then obviously they, they end up with the Jets as they always do, which is just the, the tradition of the garbage bowl, if, if you will. They played the Jets teams in 32 out of the last 33 preseasons, including there was a time there where they played them twice in one preseason. So it's a little fun fact for you. Very exciting. Well, uh, it, at least we'll be able to see two of the, uh, most likely at least two of the, the, rookie quarterback class get a little action i'm and one thing you know jokes aside about the preseason i'm pretty interested to see nate sudfeld like i really am you know we've we've heard all this hype obviously i am obviously one of the biggest nate sudfeld fans there is i'm kind of interested to see him yeah well some would say nate sudfeld nate sudfeld so and maybe we can talk to rob a little bit about Our good friend Rob Sesternino of Speaking Rob has a podcast. Rob, are we talking Survivor in the near future? I'm so we're, excited. We're getting there. But um, another quick thing I wanted to mention here, and it kind of went like super under the radar here, and I, I think that's kind of crazy because uh, kind of a big deal. Uh, over the weekend on ESPN, Tim McManus had a piece about Brandon Graham saying that this is the time to get a deal done because free agency has cooled off. And there's still like, there's a little bit of a dead window here before the draft. And Tim McManus went as far to say that, quote unquote, there's a sense that Brandon Graham contract extension talks have picked up recently. And I don't know how this didn't get bigger run. I mean, I put it up on bleedinggreennation.com, but that's a pretty big deal to me. I mean, this is a guy who we don't know his future for sure because he's going to be a free agent after this year. He is what? He's 30 now. He turns 31. Or he's going to be, I should know this guy's age. Jeez, he's, he's my namesake. He's a BLG. He's okay, 30. so he's going to be 30. He's going to, so he just he's turned 30. 30. He just turned 30 on April 3rd. So uh, this is a big deal. Like, what is going on with this? Are, are they going to, should they extend Brandon Graham? Like, what, what's going on with this, James? Yeah, it's a tough one because you don't want to do the whole heart versus head thing. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, I do. Trust me. Uh, No, no, no. I do too. I like it, but that's what I'm saying is it's such a tough one. But for me, in my mind, Brandon Graham's still a really good football player and he has outperformed every contract he's had here. And we've talked about it before, but everything he's gone through, everything he's done, the intestinal fortitude that guy's shown switching positions to a three, four linebacker, everything he's done, he's earned his money. And more so, like we said, BLG, it's not just at our thing because he is such a big part of this team in this locker room and all that, but more so it's that he's still a really good player, BLG. And I think he matters to this team. And, you know, we've seen it with Jason Peters, like, and, Granted, that's a Hall of Fame great player, but a guy who we kept kind of saying, oh, he's done, he's done, but he kept mattering to this team, and he kept playing great. And I think Brandon Graham is someone who, maybe not to 36 like Peters, but has some more good years left in him, and I think he should play those years here. Yeah, I think they have to find a way to get it done. That's that's what I'll say about that. I think 
Brandon Graham is immensely valuable to this team when you consider all of the factors. I mean, obviously, he came up with the biggest play in franchise history. I will always think that the Philly special will get a lot of attention deserved, obviously, for the moment, but... Like there's no nickname for what Brandon Graham, Graham did, and it's it's the biggest play. It was such a huge play. We all thought, or at least a lot of people thought, Tom Brady scoring there, and he ended that, and he basically ended that game for all intents and purposes. So it's not just about that, though. It's just about again, you kind of talked about it. He's been a crucial part of this culture. I think. I think people kind of underrate how much of a valuable guy Brandon Graham is in the locker room. He's kind of just keeps things light. He's this good personality. I think his teammates really enjoy him. He has fun. I think that's one thing, too, that kind of gets underrated. He has fun, man. Like, he loves the game. And it's not just pure business and, you know, serious mode. Like, he has fun out there. That's great. He he talks trash. I think it's great. He's one of the leaders of the team, defensive captain. So, I think, you know, I would love to have Brandon Graham. I don't know, you know, if they're going to be able to make it work just because they have a lot of things to kind of finagle and, and, and really kind of figure out this tight cap situation, not just this year, but moving forward. But I really want to keep Brandon Graham, not just because we have the same initials. I just think it makes sense as well. Uh, this is a guy who doesn't have a lot of uh, tread on his tires as maybe some of the other players his age because you think about uh, how he didn't play a lot early in his career. And he only really became a starter in the past couple of years here to the extent of playing all the snaps that he has. And then, you think about the fact that Jim Schwartz rotates his offensive lineman, or sorry, his defensive lineman, so much that you know he's not getting this wear and tear of necessarily a normal defensive end. So I think there's still plenty of good football left in Brandon Graham, and I would love to keep him here in Philadelphia for you know forever. I mean, forever works for me, honestly. But you know, for for, for what they really do. Um, another quick thing here before we. We start to wrap up. I wanted to bring up is that Eagles fans will have their own stadium section, James, at da- in Dallas at the 2018 NFL Draft. How, do you, how does that make you feel, James? It feels amazing. You know, I, I, it's, we're the Super Bowl champs. It's a beautiful thing. It is indeed a, a great thing. Uh, I will disagree with Gil Brandt, who apparently that's who uh, told Peter King about that in the MMQB. He said something about how, uh, you know, we're going to let it be known that Dallas is the place for the draft. I mean, get out of here, man. Philadelphia owned the draft last year. Honestly, uh, I'm glad it's not there for our sake, personally, like our own health. But uh, as a, you know, as an observer, with, if I didn't have a stake in it, I mean, I think the draft should almost just always be in Philadelphia because of how awesome it was there last year. Oh, yeah, no question. Uh, they set the standard, and there's there's just no question about it. Like, it was perfect. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see how that goes. I can't wait to see that invasion of Eagles fans down there in Jerry World. We already saw it in the regular season when the Eagles played the Cowboys, and there was just that video of going around of these Eagles fans gathered in the lobby of – uh, that that billion dollar stadium just belting out the Eagles chant. That is a beautiful sight to see. A lot better than the Eagles draft hat, which is very bad, by the way. I don't know if you saw that, James, but the Eagles draft hat just not just not very good. So um, hmm. that's that's where we are. Uh, I, another. I'm just looking at bleedinggreennation.com to kind of make sure I'm, I'm touching on things I wanted to touch on. I love how Doug Peterson. Uh, is just the, like the, the thing now in Philadelphia. He's ringing the bell at Sixers games. He's throwing out the pitches. It's just 
like all this stuff. There's just so much positive stuff here. I feel like coming out of the Super Bowl still and heading into the draft. Honestly, we kind of talked about it on the WIP show this past Saturday. It's almost like you don't even care about the draft as much as you used to, at least. Um, it's just it's a it's a good time to be alive. I guess is what I'm trying to say here, James. Yeah, I agree, BLG. It's a really exciting time. Sixers are good. Phillies are good. Oh my God, the Everything's Sixers. Going. And uh, and we got Survivor to talk about. Imagine enjoying a sport in Philadelphia, as some would say. It's too good, BLG. It's too good. <laughs> this has been BGN Radio episode number 310. James, do you have any final thoughts before I close the show? My final thought is stay tuned if you like Survivor after the uh, music or whoever uh, John edits it together. But coming up, just a few minutes of Survivor talk. Stay tuned for the Easter egg if you're into that. If you're not, well, I'm sorry. Please, again, still leave an iTunes review and rating. Two different things there. Uh, We would really appreciate that. Make sure you listen to BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP this Saturday, April 4th. That's 1 to 3 p.m. We will post the replay, as we always do, on BleedingGreenNation.com, where you can also hear this podcast, and BGNRadio.com. Fly, Eagles, fly. All right, let's talk some Survivor real quick. Shout out to BLG who just hosted the shit out of that episode. That was just terrific job. All right, just a few minutes of Survivor talk. We won't belabor, but um, tell me what, tell everyone else what you, and for those not caught up, spoiler alert, we will be talking about, and this is uh, being recorded uh, Thursday, April the 13th, um, or no, April 12th. It'll be Friday the 13th. It'll come out on the 13th. So, Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Ghost Island. Ooh. Uh, but BLG, for the most recent episode of Survivor, tell everyone what you texted me when it was over. Oh, it's legitimately one of the best episodes ever. And that's, I'm not even, you one know, of the me. best episodes Am I ever? hyperbolic? No. Like, that's, that's no. coming from, like, just a sincere, genuine place. This is legitimately, and I even said it out loud when I was watching the show. Like, I was, I don't even do that. Like, I don't just comment on the show out loud when I'm watching that. Like, who does that? I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like, this is one of the best episodes ever. And that wasn't even at the end of the show. That was like, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes in. Like, I could just tell from that point, like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Yeah, there were so many possibilities, so many things going on. Obviously, the Dom Chris thing coming to a head. Such great TV characters. The fact that Chris doesn't play his idol. The 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 all the just different things going on in that tribal, and also so many likable characters and personalities at the forefront of all of it. BLG. It was such an action packed crazy wild episode uh it was really exciting and and i think you know i agree with you certainly the best merge episode i ever remember one of the best episodes i remember in a long time in terms of just fun hour of tv where i was just on my seat the entire time and and didn't know how it was going to play out in the end 
Chris is one hell of a character, man. All time, <laughs> not great, not, man. A, not like, a great survivor player, but no. <laughs> definitely he's a great like, character. He's like uh, the the coach comparisons are so strong. Oh my god, he does have that modern game. day coach? Yeah, yeah, like the original millennial coach, coach. Token Jeans. Yes, the original <laughs> coach from Token Jeans, where he had no self awareness of what he was doing, whereas he did later. Like Chris just had no, like it was unbelievable how irrationally confident that dude was about everything. And Especially the rapping. It was so funny because he got, had like good reads on things. Like he was right about what people were thinking, what they were plotting, whatever. He just was so bad at at inner at dealing with other people. Like it was, and 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 overvaluing his worth and his all that to these people, his perception and the perception of him in their eyes. Are you dropping a little Rob Mariano right there? You're damn right I am. <laughs> um, smarten up. Smarten up. That's all I can say. And then basically, the funny thing about me, me doing that is that is me imitating Rob Sestronino. Yes, Rob that's, it's a double imitation there. I love, Shout out to the great Rob Sestronino. He is not the Rob ding. that sucks. Yeah, I love, I love, um, I mean, Wendell's confessional. Honestly, that, that might be, I don't know if it's the best confessional ever. So maybe I'm forgetting something, but oh my gosh. Well, that was- well, that's what's funny. And Rob talked about it on the know-it-alls, but, you know, potentially the best, like, exit confessional thing since he did the Casey Kasem in the Amazon as the exit confessional, which was a legendary exit yes. confessional thing. So uh, I'm with you, man. The, the, he's like, you are like... You are trash. You're a trash rapper. You're garbage. You have no bars. Oh, it's so great. (laughs) Philly represent. And he just kept going in. Like, like you thought it was going to end. and Nope. It just, like, kept going in at him. It was like a diss track. It was like almost Wendell just got so mad at Chris for for rapping and being terrible at it that he just, like, made his own diss track. Except he wasn't rapping, obviously. But, like, it it was just kind of like a poetic... Uh, just, it was great. I, I love Wendell. He's it great. Was, I love and Dom. He's great and we too. We came in and we said we were rooting for Wendell. We we're pulling for Wendell. He's oh, yeah. but Huge. I've been so impressed with the type of player he is. He really gives me like a Jeremy Collins kind of feel from, yeah, from totally see that. like the ability to kind of be the guy who's reliable, who people want to go to, who people seem to like, who's kind of got his hands in kind of a lot of different relationships, but also has his core guys, his meat shields. I've been so impressed with the game Wendell's playing. Yeah, I love it. And uh, should be, you know, looking at the rest of the season, should be pretty good. I mean, you have some dead weight people. I was thinking about, like, you know, Jenna yeah, and Sebastian. Libby, Chelsea. And oh, no, I don't think – I wouldn't put no, Libby as dead weight. Yeah, she's Chelsea, dangerous, man. Chelsea. Chelsea, Actually, yeah. Desiree's been fun. I've liked No, Desiree's Desiree. good. I mean, she – Angela. Angela's dead Yeah, that's very much so. Um Des, you know, Des was the one who we saw like wanted to get Libby out, which I think is smart. I, I don't want Libby in the game if I'm if I'm a player. Like I want her out. She's dangerous. She's a threat. Totally agree with you. So I think right now, I think I said this to you. I think we were texting about this, but I would say that I, in my mind, based on the edit and the way it's going, like there, I think there are only five people in my mind who I would say could win yeah. the game right now. Um, or you know, my guess that they could win the game, and I think Laura will be fifth and a distant fifth. But yes. I think my top four, and I think Donovan's going to be around for a while and a big character. But top I four, baby. If I had to predict top four, baby, um, I uh, it's actually top five, baby. If I um, if I had to pick right now, I would guess that either Wendell, Dominic, Kellen, or Michael wins this season of Survivor. Yeah, I would say that's the safe bet, and it should be good. I think it should be a good rest of the season. You have some of these advantages out there still with Wendell having his idol. You still have Dom with his idol. 
Oh, it's actually the have, four people I just mentioned, Michael yeah, and I don't think Kelly exactly. uh, extra vote. That's really there funny. you go. So that should be interesting. It should be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. So everyone, we'll, we will definitely try to find some more time to fit some survivor talk in when we can. And, uh, Anyone who stayed, thank you so much for doing it. We uh, we love you guys. And definitely feel free to tweet us about it because we love to talk Survivor with other people because we just started learning, obviously, through this that there are other people besides us who uh, are like us and interested in uh, in the things we're interested in and also like Survivor. So hit us up. We love it. So uh, BLG, any, uh, any final thoughts on Survivor other than uh, just go Wendell? Because that's my thought. Noom. <laughs>